Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. As you've just been hearing uh, on the news bulletin there about the new findings from the Health Research Board, particularly in relation to cocaine use among young people, between 2011 and 2019, those turning up for treatment increased by 171%. For some time, Senator Lynn Rowan, though, has been maintaining that prohibition is clearly failing. Lynn, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sean. How you doing? Uh, you could argue, Lynn, that if we, we legalised everything, it would only make things worse. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think we could make things worse at this stage. Um, drug use has increased year on year on year on year for, for you know, as long as we have the Drugs Act in Ireland. There's never been a decrease. And I suppose, obviously, there's a couple of conversations, Sean. One is decriminalisation. But if we look at legalisation just in and of itself, you get two things from that. Even if drug use stays around, which it most likely will, there is no society in in on the globe that doesn't uh, use substance either to seek out pleasure or to medicate or for whatever reasons for fun. Um, so drug use is here to stay, but it's about how we manage that so people are safe in that drug use. Mm, so so in an uh, illegal yeah. market, in an illegal market, you don't know what's in the drugs either. You know what I mean? So you actually increase health risks under under prohibition as well. I remember once Henry McKean interviewing uh, people who were engaged in selling uh, drugs down by the boardwalk mm. and one of them famously told Henry, there isn't any drug we sell that hasn't been up somebody's ass at some point, which is a kind of a sobering <laughs> thought. Uh, it is, and he, but even, even never mind someone's ass, I think I'd prefer, I'd prefer that than potentially not knowing what's actually in what you're buying. That's probably even worse. Yeah. Now, so, so, so that would mean kind of like a, 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 an alcohol regulation system. Of sorts. Yeah, well, like, but even even if you look at the, the reports on cocaine, and obviously cocaine is an illegal substance, alcohol is legal, but they very much go hand in hand and we do need to view them together. And I'm not sure if you're aware, Sean, but when you when you uh, use cocaine uh, and you drink alcohol, it actually creates a towards substance in how it metabolizes in your system. So there's actually a towards substance actually created within your body from those two substances. And then they kind of link together in your use um, going forward, there's very little nasal cocaine use without alcohol use. Mm. So already those two um, drugs are very, very closely linked together. Right. OK. And well, it, it, uh, anecdotally, you hear that a lot of Irish people snort cocaine so they can keep drinking, uh, uh, which is yeah, an odd exactly. kind of a... Stay up late. Yeah. yeah, odd kind of way of looking at it. So w- yeah. what would legalisation look like? Well, I suppose in it is it does exist in other countries. Um, you have a drugs market that's obviously obviously bringing in revenue. You also need to increase supports to communities who are more negatively affected. Not all drug use is problem use, so obviously you still need to address the fact that some people will become addicted for whatever reasons, whether it's circumstance, environment, whatever. Um, and then there'll be other people that will use drugs that will never need an intervention. But what you get from a legalization point of view is better health outcomes you actually get better statistics because people are more likely to actually tell you about their drug use. And then you also, if you look at decriminalisation, which is obviously a bit different in Portugal, the age bracket that this report looks at, which is 18 to 24 year olds, under their regime, there was actually a reduction in drug use in that very age bracket that this report talks about. But then the other conversation that people always have when we talk about uh, markets is obviously the the, the illegal market and the black market. Mm. So to actually bring it in to um, a legalised market, you would hopefully then begin to address 
the things that I suppose Ireland doesn't like to see, which is, you know, levels of violence and drug intimidation, that type of stuff. So you could hopefully then also put some sort of efforts and resources into addressing that end of things as well. Yeah, there, though at the same time, I wouldn't probably eliminate it completely. Because no. as I understand it, in many parts of the US, for instance, the legalised cannabis market is being undercut by the illegal cannabis market. Yeah, and I think I think in some countries they probably miss a trick in terms of how they work with communities when they legalise something. Because most communities, um, apart from, say, international drug dealers, but if you look at communities that have maybe gone into drug dealing because of levels of poverty I think we need to be able to co-create the legalised market with communities so that you're actually giving people opportunities to leave the illegal drug market and work in the legal drug market you know so because nobody if they're involved in crime for 10, 20, 30 years in the illegal drug market just all of a sudden says okay I'm going off to work in some multinational business so you know they will seek out how to continue to 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 gain proceeds from crime because that's all they know. But if you look at how we introduce legalisation of the market, it should be done in parallel. We're very much given an amnesty to people who are in the drugs trade. Now, obviously not ones that have taken lives and obviously that's a whole different crime, but people that haven't, say, come onto complete radar of the guards in terms of community level drug use and see can you engage them in then progressing into because they understand the market you know they have entrepreneurial skills so I think other countries have failed to actually work with the communities that have been most deprived because of drug use. Mm, And would you would you countenance legalising everything? Yes totally legalising everything because if you don't legalise everything you're still creating a class system like we do know that cocaine use very much doesn't, it, it, it crosses all types of social classes. So then if you only look at, say, nasal cocaine use and you differentiate that from, say, crack or heroin use, what you're doing is you're still targeting the most uh, disadvantaged communities who do use drugs for very different reasons. Mm. So you would have to uh, legalize all drugs. So then you're not creating another, you know, two or three tiered system in how we treat drug use. Yeah, though there could be an argument there, Lynn, about that that certain like a lot of people are are casual cocaine users. Mm. There aren't so many casual heroin users because it's far more addictive. Well, it's not it's not that it's far more. It's far. You have to think of the safety nets that people have who engage in cocaine use. So in 2006, I was part of the very forced initiative um, to address nasal cocaine use in the country. And some of the people that would have attended that was teachers, doctors, nurses, as well as people from my own community that maybe worked in construction or some that didn't work. So it kind of crosses all those social spheres. But their their use is still very much problematic. But because they were a cohort that already had jobs, they're kind of really clutching to hold on to those spaces. And because they do it, say, from Friday till Tuesday, they're then managing to show up on their lives in a different way for other days. But some people over the years, which is probably that 2011 to 2019, when that HRB study has been done, cocaine use has begin to, begun to change. So when I ran the drug services for cocaine use, Back in 2006, at the time, actually, funnily enough, it was drug dealers um, that I linked in with locally who began to actually send some of their people that were looking to buy drugs off them on Wednesdays, Thursdays. They thought it was an unusual, <laughs> an unusual habit to start creating during the week off that party scene. So there is still a branch of nasal cocaine users who now 
I suppose, have uh, polydrug use. So some of them are using benzos on a Tuesday, Wednesday tour, say, in the drug services that I still support. They'll use that to get asleep at night and then they're back on cocaine by Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But they look different in terms of how they present in the world because heroin use just manifests itself differently in the body. But the, the, the boat uses are still habitual and still causing problems. Yeah. But in in all cases, because I, I, and part of my, cases, I, th- no. I thought that, you know, if in a larger cohort of people who take heroin regularly are, are addicted to it. And it doesn't matter yeah, what their well, socioeconomic it's, it's, background is. Exactly. It's the, it's the difference, though, between the psychological addiction and the physical addiction. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's just how they manifest themselves differently. You know, so because of the physical addiction, you're more likely to need to use to actually address the sickness that you feel just to be able to actually leave the house or do what you have to do or, you know, collect the kids, all that type of stuff where the cocaine addiction has a much more psychological impact. So it's just that they manifest themselves differently. I imagine at least some of the reticence about going down this route in this country would be alcohol is already legalised and, yes. you know, that's that's wreaked a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, I mean, like, it has, but it, even if you look at alcohol, I think even if the other stuff was legalized, if you look at other countries in Ireland, alcohol still causes the most problems. It causes more problems than weed use, heroin use. If you look at road deaths, you look at violence, alcohol is very much present in so many of Ireland's kind of, you know, say failings or ills or crime and that type of stuff. So to even legalize other drugs, it doesn't mean that they'll become as bad or worse than the alcohol use because alcohol already is uh, the number one and that's not because it's legal do you know what I mean it's because the effect that it actually has on a person's inhibitions yeah and but it's more socially acceptable exactly you can do it exactly. in public you can you, you do it with friends and family yeah and I think that's why the conversation is important on decriminalization as well because you know there's a few different arguments and you can't just address one so to decriminalize drugs will at least mean that the people that say that you're referring to and I'm referring to like so I'm talking about them habitual users those working class users and say you're talking about somebody say with a more professional background that doesn't necessarily need an intervention and is managing it quite well with decriminalization what you ensure is that neither of them end up in prison for their drug use Mm. So I think Ireland needs to have a conversation about the benefits of decrim, but also legalisation, but also investment, both in alcohol and in in uh, in drug use. And, yeah. you know, have a kind of more, much more grown up conversation around why we use substances in the first place to excess. Uh, but decriminalisation, isn't that a kind of a half in, half out solution? It is. It is half in, half out. And, you know, like legalisation obviously is um, probably the trajectory that a lot of places will go over the next, you know, decade. But my thing with decriminalisation is that it's something that can be done in the interim um, in terms of what Ireland, I suppose, is engaging with in terms of conversations around why would you have somebody that uh, is caught with drugs in a prison? It doesn't achieve anything. You know, so it's it definitely doesn't obviously create a legal market where it's much more, you know, out in the open and uses out in the open and you have like cafes or you have, you know, shops where you go and buy drugs. I wish that that's where conversations we were having, but it's even very hard right now from a policy perspective to get people on board with decriminalization because most people don't even know why. Uh, we have de- like why we have criminalization in the first place. If you go back and you actually study 
Ireland's transcripts of when we actually introduced the Drugs Act, you will see that most people were saying at the time that it didn't make sense, but we were just fulfilling the UN treaty at the time, which was a very Americanized um, hand down, like it was pressure from America to do that at a mm. UN level. But there was a special committee set up at the time um, in the 70s between the Dáil and the Shannad to look at the criminalization aspect. And that Dáil committee uh, recommended that we would not send people to prison or arrest people for drug use. And we completely ignored it because of UN pressure. You know, so there's so many different conversations we're not aware of as to why we even have these laws in the first place. Mm. The, uh, tourism might be an issue here. I would imagine uh, Irish Tourist Board might be too keen if suddenly we become a, a tourist destination for people who want to go to the cocaine shop. <laughs> I'm sure they'll actually be very, very pleased when they see when they see the actual uh, the, the the profits, I suppose. And when you manage something and it's not hidden, it's less dangerous. The substance is less dangerous. People are more relaxed about it. They're not hiding it. They're not becoming paranoid. They're not worried about interactions with the police. Um, it's of a raw form. You're not, you know, you can buy cocaine in Ireland, powder cocaine, and you might be getting Novocaine from the dentist, or you might be getting a load of, you know, crushed up hay fever tablets in your cocaine. When something is sold in a regulated way, it's much safer, and because of its purity, it's less likely to have negative effects. So it actually could have a positive uh, uh, impact on tourism. Mm. rather than a negative one. Though, again, and this is something a lot of people, you know, and I I suppose it's a kind of an Irish relationship with our government or the way we are governed. If you go to Amsterdam, obviously there's Mm. parts of Amsterdam, there's a red light district and there's, you know, there's loads of uh, hash shops or whatever you call them. But like, they're kind of marshaled in one part of the city. You could go around Amsterdam for weeks and I'd not be aware of it at all. And the Dutch are really good at regulation. We're not so good. Yeah, no. And, and when you go to Amsterdam, what's good as well is that it, you know, you're not out in the streets, you know, you're not out in the streets. So if you're out for a family day and you don't really want to be walking through a cloud of, you know, weed, mm. um, it's it's all very much indoors. And they have regulated in a way that you're not actually allowed smoke out on the streets. So it's very contained and very managed. And people usually enjoy their trips to Amsterdam. And if you want to have one experience of Amsterdam, you can. And if you want to have a completely different one, you can as well, because it is so well managed and so well relaxed. I've spent many a times in Amsterdam during some of their busiest period, which is like Orange Week and stuff. And they shut down the city there and they don't allow any buses in. And you never, well, I've never experienced any sort of negative impact from their from their laws uh, in relation to cannabis. Yeah, and but, then we also, but that's my we, point. We, that's Holland. Yeah. This is Ireland. Yeah, but that, but that's the thing. We just need to be ambitious. You know, like sometimes, you know, we have to actually be have a vision. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes Ireland lacks in its vision and lacks in how it actually. Um, you know, it's too it's too centered around uh, votes and elections and election periods. We never really have a 10, 15, 20 year uh, application of a really good idea. I'm visiting Oregon in August to hopefully also get an insight to how they do things there. They've also legalized and decriminalized many drugs. So I'm going to spend time there and in Colorado to try and see, well, you know, how is it received and how do you implement it? And how do you go from like really heavy regulation to a much more or safer harm reduction regulation and hopefully we can learn from some of those other countries that are actually putting that in place. Lynn, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was uh, Senator uh, Lynn Rowan there. Uh, Before we go to the break, I'll read out a few uh, uh, comments on that. 
Not everyone, as you might imagine, uh, completely agreeing with what she has to say, though. Nylan Kilkenny says uh, she's a breath of fresh air. Uh, Dan in Cork says, so Lynn Rowan wants to legalise drugs, then bring the Kinnahans in to co-create. No, she didn't say that. Uh, naive dilettantism based on the behaviours of a community, Dan puts that in inverted commas, lost to drugs. The last thing these people need is legal consequences, free access to drugs. See the example of alcohol. Well, who's this community uh, that you, uh, that's lost to drugs? And I, part of the point that she's making is that... Uh, there is no community that, within which a widespread drug use isn't the, isn't the case. That's the point, uh, be they poorer people or, or middle class people. Uh, now, Claire says, uh, Dan also says, habitual drug users are not working class. They don't work. A stroll through Dublin's north inner city will show you that. They need jobs and hope, not better access to the drugs that are stealing their souls. She wants to help, but their road to hell is paved with good intentions, says Dan, who is in Cork, so we can assume hasn't strolled around inner city Dublin any time recently or perhaps uh, talked to any of the people there. Claire says humans have been getting off their faces in some way since we climbed out of the trees. They will never stop. Uh, make it safe. Uh, Finn says, legalise drugs and you'll have all kids thinking it's legal now. Sure, it'd be rude not to try it. And yes, maybe not. Maybe their reaction will be, no, we won't try it uh, because you've legalised it. Uh, Sure, it'd be rude not to try it. Yes, a percentage of those same kids will find themselves in addiction. So instead of fixing the mess, you drag everyone into the mess. I'm sorry, I don't have strong opinions on many things, but on this I do. It's absolute gobdaw thinking in all respects. And uh, another texter says, alcohol being freely available, i.e. legal, is central to how damaging it is. Legalising drugs will surely follow. And um, uh, many more comments similar to to those kind of ones uh, coming in. Anyway, you are listening to The Moncrief Show and News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, how to install a solar panel. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.